0: Oh man, for remediation this week, we're going to chapter 11 all about cellular communication, and this episode was a fucking mess. I don't know why I put it out. I should have re-recorded it, but that's not how Biology for Bastards does it. So try to suffer through this one again, and yeah, good luck. Welcome to Biology for Bastards. Teaching biology in the most profane way you have ever seen or heard. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. I'm just gonna be fucking honest with you. This episode might be an absolute fucking disaster. It's on cell communications. Um so I have no clue how the fuck I'm gonna explain all this stuff because it's basically like trying to describe an art museum and the shit within it. Um Following along with the PowerPoint in the show notes Is going to be absolutely huge for this Because I have no clue how the hell this is going to go down So this might end up being a complete shit show Um, If that's the case Thanks for putting up with it It'll get better Um, If it isn't a shit show Then I'm fucking awesome So that being said Let's get going and just Dive right in it's going to be interesting For sure So w- You can tell all my Absolute confidence this episode This has been like the one I've been dreading more than anything So Very very confident about how this is going to go As you can already tell So when we talk about cells communicating It's It's absolutely necessary Cells have to be able to talk to each other And animal cells do it in three main ways Either by direct Contact with the cell, and we call those things gap junctions. Um, we can have things where they're secreting things like growth factors, um, neurotransmitters, stuff like that. That's called paracrine sig- signaling, where you're talking with cells nearby. Um, and then we have long distance, which is endocrine, and that's things like hormones, things that enter the bloodstream and go out. So we have right up against each other we have close quarters, and we have long distance. Those are the three main ways that everything happens. But whether it is direct contact, that paracrine, or that endocrine type of signaling, there's three stages to every type of cell signaling there is. There's reception, there's transduction, and there's the response. So there's receiving the information, converting it, and then actually having a response at the end, doing something with that. So, the reception is going to be the first step. It's where you detect a signal from outside of the cell. Now, because we were talking about cell communication, we're focusing on things happening outside the cell. Um, If we wanted to get technical, um, you could, you know, talk about shit where it's responding to stuff within the cell, intracellular communication, Um, but we're talking inter cellular so we're just going to focus on things outside of the cell So reception is technique a signal molecule we call that a ligand we're a ligand I've heard it both ways I'll probably mix it up as we go through I had a professor say ligand I had one say ligand and I I, I go both ways I know I just said that ligand ligand either one's gonna happen so that's the first step this ligand ligand, Shit, I don't know which one I'm going to use. I just need to stick with one. So we'll see what happens. Um, Comes from outside the cell, meets up with a receptor, and that's going to lead to transduction, where we're converting that signal to a form that can actually bring about a cellular response. Um, It is entirely possible where that's one step, but more often than not, it's a whole bunch of steps, kind of a series of steps, a transduction pathway To go from one signal to another, to another, to another, leading up to the response, which is just the response of the cell signal. It could be anything from, you know, creating an enzyme, breaking down an enzyme, rearranging the cytoskeleton, activating genes, changing transcription, changing translation, changing all this shit. It's basically anything can be the response. So, getting into, that's just the overview. We have reception, transduction, response. I wish response ended within with a shun, like reception, transduction, whatever, but it doesn't, so what the fuck ever. So, reception. We have the receptor and the ligand having a very, very, very highly specific um, fit. They bind very tightly together. We're talking... Like super tight The whole enzyme lock and key thing Think that, think even better Even tighter fit than that Um, So it's super specific And we can have two main types of receptors We can have plasma membrane receptors And those are in the plasma membrane And those are really good for water soluble ligands So things that it can kind of encounter In the extracellular environment Those are good plasma membrane receptors We're good for plasma membrane receptors. And then we have the intracellular receptors that are in the cytoplasm and the nucleus. Those are good for either hydrophobic or really small ligands, like testosterone or stuff like that. Um, Things that matter within the cell. And what happens is when the ligand binds to the receptor protein, because the receptor is nothing but a protein. The ligand can be most anything, but the receptor is a protein. When the ligand binds to the protein, the protein's gonna change its shape. And as we discussed a while ago, shape is super important for function. And that um, shape change is going to initiate a transduction signal. And there's a bunch of different types of receptors out there that are in the plasma membrane. Like I said, we're not gonna focus too much on the intracellular ones. We're just going to focus on the plasma membrane ones. So there's three main types we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about G-protein coupled receptors, tyrosine kinases, and ligand-gated ion channels. So like I said, it's going to be a doozy of an episode. Now, the first one, the G-protein coupled receptor. We have this receptor that spans the length of the membrane. So it goes stretches both from the cytosol through to to the extracellular environment and it's going to receive the signal from outside the cell and relay it to components inside of the cell okay here's where i start describing a piece of work a piece of art and try my best not to confuse the fuck out of everybody so the g-protein coupled receptor there's this this molecule Guanosine diphosphate. It's very, so GDP, very similar to ADP, the adenosine diphosphate. Um, but when GDP binds to this protein called G protein, this is why they're G protein couple of receptors, it is turned off. So when GDP binds to a G protein, it is turned off. And that G protein is going to be our on off switch. So when a signaling molecule binds to the receptor, The receptor is going to become activated and like I said earlier it's going to change shape and that shape change is going to cause it to bind to an inactive G protein. At that point a GTP guanosine triphosphate just like ATP is going to displace the GDP activating our G protein. I know that was a shit ton Um, And that's like half of it. So, saying that again, the signaling molecule binds to the receptor, activating the receptor, causing it to change shape, and that shape change... Why the fuck can I not say that? That shape change is going to cause it to bind to an inactive G-protein. GTP will then displace GDP, and a G-protein is activated that protein then dissociates from the receptor, binds to an enzyme, changes that enzyme's shape or activity, and that triggers the cell response. After that, the G-protein will hydrolyze GTP and turn it back into GDP, which inactivates the G-protein. Shit show. Um, There's a really nice picture that explains all this. Um, In the slides, like I said, you just need to go look at it and listen to what I just said. Again, because you have this one protein and this inactive G-protein. The receptor picks up the signal. That is going to activate the G-protein, which then goes goes and finds this inactive enzyme. It activates the enzyme and that causes the response. So basically, you have the G protein plus the GTP, which activates the enzyme, and that's the cellular response you're trying to get. That's one <laughs> receptor of three that we're going to talk about. The next one is a receptor tyrosine kinase. So, what a kinase is. Is an enzyme that's going to catalyze the transfer of phosphate groups. And we know phosphate groups are super fucking important for getting shit done. Um, you phosphorylate shit left and right. That's biology. Um, tyrosine kinase is able to activate many transduction pathways and therefore many cellular responses. So, what happens with this that differentiates it from our G protein coupled receptors is that the G-protein. It was this big complicated thing that goes through. There were seven transmembrane parts to it and everything. But with the tyrosine kinase, we just have monomers in their inactive form. We've just got monomers hanging out in the cell membrane. And when it binds, the signal is going to dimerize. So it forms a dimer. And that dimerization activates the tyrosine kinase regions which adds a phosphate from ATP. So it phosphorylates each one of those regions, and then each protein will then bind to a specific phosphorylated tyrosine, triggering a transduction pathway. So where the G-protein coupled receptor just basically activates that one enzyme, tyrosine kinase can activate a shit ton. Um, In the images on the slides, there's six different ATPs where ADPs that get phosphorylated ATP. And so that's six different things it can activate. So it can trigger um, more of a cascade thing and activate multiple cellular responses at the same time. So that's the main difference between those two. Um, And the last one we're gonna talk about are the ligand-gated ion channels. I'm doing really good sticking with ligand and not ligand, so go me. But the ligand-gated ion channel is kind of what it sounds like. It's a gate that allows ions to flow through it. So this is huge for the nervous system. Um, Some are controlled by electrical signals and not actual ions, and those are voltage-gated ion channels. But what happens with that is the ligand binds to the receptor, changes the shape of that protein, like all the other ones, but when it changes shape, it essentially opens the gate. So the shape change opens a gate, allows the ions to rapidly flow through, which is gonna change the concentration of those ions within the cell. And then when the ligand dissociates, the gate closes. So those are your three different types of plasma membrane receptors. So that's just the reception part of the reception, transduction, and response. So it's a matter of do you have this big, complicated thing in the cell membrane activating one enzyme that's your G protein coupled receptors, you have your tyrosine kinase where you have these monomers forming dimers and then triggering multiple things, multiple cellular responses, where you have your ligand, they're ligand gated ion channels, where you are changing the concentration of ions within the cell. So that brings us to transduction. So Most of the time, transduction is going to be some sort of cascade or a multi-step pathway that has a shit ton of benefits. Two of the main benefits is that you could potentially amplify the signal as you go down the cascade, or you have more opportunities for regulation. So you can back-regulate or something like that where you can shut things down in the middle of it as opposed to kind of a one-and-done type thing. So we're gonna talk about protein kinase, which is an enzyme that phosphorylates and activates proteins at one level, and they're a huge part in these phosphorylation cascades, which are used to amplify signals, where you have one protein that is going to work with, or you have the protein kinase that's gonna work with one protein and phosphorylate it, and then you have a protein phosphatase which removes a phosphate group from a protein. And you just kind of do this back and forth where it gets phosphorylated, then it gets dephosphorylated, gets phosphorylated, dephosphorylated, all the way down and getting the signal at the very end. Now we do have these things out there called second messengers. And I'm moving on to second messengers and kind of blowing through Um, The protein kinase stuff Just because you need to look at the picture I can't describe it I was sitting here thinking And that's why I was probably stumbling over all that shit But Look at the fucking slides They're there for a reason Um, If you're really trying to learn this stuff Forward and backwards from this Look at the fucking slides for this one You will not be sorry Um, Anyways Second messengers Are going to be these small little non-protein molecules or potentially ions that are messengers. They can relay relay signals inside of the cell. So we have things like cyclic AMP or calcium ions. Um, All these different things can act as second messengers. What's great about them is that they can easily spread through the cytoplasm by diffusion because they are really small. Um, So they can diffuse to wherever they need to go and they're both part of the G protein coupled receptor pathways and the receptor tyrosine kinase pathways. So, those are the two that it's like, are you turning on one thing or are you turning on multiple things? They both use second messengers. And I mentioned CAMP or cyclic AMP, and it is part of the ADP ATP family. So, you have adenosine monophosphate, you have adenosine diphosphate, adenosine triphosphate. So, CAMP. Cyclic AMP is just a form of adenosine monophosphate. And what it does is it's just part of this cycle where you are converting ATP to CAMP to activate a protein kinase, and you have this other enzyme that basically does the opposite. Okay, so it's sick, cyclical in that nature, where it goes from ATP to cAMP to ATP to cAMP, um, and it's just this complicated little pathway. That honestly, fuck it, that's how I feel with this episode and cAMP. Just fuck it, whatever, whatever. It's all leading up to a response is the important thing. cAMP is just a second messenger, dealing with some shit, phosphorylating some stuff. Um, Onto cellular responses So we've gotten the signal We received it in reception We have passed it along to where it needs to go That's transduction Now we're ready to do some shit with it And that is response So we can either regulate Activity of proteins found in the cytoplasm Or we can regulate Protein synthesis um, By turning on 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 or off genes found in the nucleus, so by affecting gene expression. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of different things out there that works with that um, that we could get into, but we're not going to just because we're going to leave it pretty simple, as in, you know, we're changing either how the protein works or how much protein we have is really the whole point of any sort of cell signaling. We need the cell to do something. We need the cell to stop doing something. Those are really your two choices. So everything comes down to either affecting an acti- the activity of a gene that's already happening or making more of a gene or making less of a gene. So um, the response part is really straightforward. And, um, with that, we're just gonna say fuck this episode. Hopefully, you listened to. It. I told you it was gonna be a shit show. Um, definitely look at the slides. Definitely look at the powerpoints. If you're confused, I'm so sorry. This has been a shit of a show. That basically sums up, or is summarized by. There are three parts to signal trends or signaling. There is fuck this shit. Okay, this is me getting aggravated. So I'm just going to shut up after I say there's reception, there's transduction, and there's response. Then you have your three main types of receptors. The G-protein coupled receptors, which activate one thing. The tyrosine kinases, which activate multiple things. And the ligand-gated ion channels that change the concentration of ions within the cell. Holy fuck. So glad this one's done. Might take a break next week. Just... To recover from this one Um Might be on a short little break Getting ready for the genetic stuff Um Kind of warned you about that A couple episodes ago But Especially after this one Might just have to take a fucking week off Holy shit Um So Let's just wrap this up Um That has been cell signaling Cell communications Um I really don't know how to end this So I'm just gonna stop Cause I'm rambling So this has been Biology for Bastards. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Bio for Bastards. You can say hi to us. Um, I wanted to shout somebody out this episode, but I forgot who it was off the top of my head. Um, so you will definitely get a shout out next episode unless I can pull this up right now. The the Rev Sev on Twitter shout it out. Thanks for making a wonderful podcast. Um, that was before you heard this episode. So, um, Seven, I hope you're still listening. Um, thank you for putting up with it this far. Um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all that shit. Tell your friends. I love to see those numbers going up every... I check it like 20 times a day. It's kind of OCD about it. So, love seeing those numbers go up. So, keep spreading the word. Um, our intro and outro music is feeling good by purple planet music and until next time thanks for listening